0: Hello. (laughs) Welcome to episode 43. I'm super excited for today's episode because we're going to talk about something that maybe I might not do like the best job of making this connection when it comes to like the things that I share and the things that I post on social media. But we're going to talk about diet culture and hormone health and some hot takes about the diet industry, the fitness industry that can negatively impact people's hormone health that I see constantly coming up. Okay. Now the first thing you need to know is that my website is called dumpyourdiet.com for a reason, for a reason. And it's not that I think that being in a calorie deficit or utilizing strategies in order to change your physique are inherently bad. But I do believe that the culture surrounding how we treat our bodies and how tightly we try to control our body size, our body shape, our body weight, those things can be really problematic. Um, and the way that they get supported is really problematic. Um, and the way that they get pushed in trends in society is very problematic. Um, and so let's just really quick talk about the concept of diet, OK? a diet is typically something that people refer to as something you're doing to lose weight um to be in a smaller body to get healthier um and i say quote unquote healthier because weight loss doesn't necessarily equate to health um i actually did a podcast on this like way back i want to say it was like episode probably like 14 or something where i was like weight loss is not a health strategy right it's not a health strategy um taking Steps to address your health is a health strategy, but weight loss in and of itself is not a health strategy. Um, And so I'll kind of preface this by, I, I went on my first diet when I was 11 years old. I remember, um, you know, I kind of hit puberty a little bit earlier. I was a little taller, was a little bit, you know, curvier. I had hips sooner than some of my other friends. um, And I definitely grew up in a household where my mom was constantly also trying to diet, trying to lose weight, doing Jenny Craig, doing Slim Fast, and things like that. And so I remember when I was 11 thinking that I was fat. That I was overweight and that I needed to lose weight. I was like, I was five foot six and 135 pounds. I was pretty tall. Uh, I was more or less full grown at that point because I just, I, I, and then I didn't grow again until I was like 18. Um, and then I grew like another inch when I was like 18 years old after I went off to college. So like I hit five, six, I peaked. I didn't get any taller through the rest of middle school or high school. Um, and I kind of hung out at that like 130, 135 range um, up until, you know, all through that time. And then when I was 18, and I went off to college. I like grew another inch, like my freshman year, and then came back for like a checkup. And the doctor's like, Oh, you're actually five, seven. Now, technically only three quarters of an inch, five, six, and three quarters, if we want to get technical about it. But I claim five, seven on a good day. Um, when I'm not like, you know, hunched over a book, I might be five, seven, but I went on my first diet when I was 11 years old in an attempt to lose weight. And I remember this diet very vividly because my mom and I, printed the diet up and taped it to the fridge in my house um and it was the like military diet or three-day diet where it's like breakfast was like a boiled egg with some apple and like lunch was like crackers with tuna and it was very low calorie very bland and the idea was you diet for three days and then you go off, and then you diet for another three days, and then you go off, and then you diet for another three days, and then you go off. And my mom and I did this together. Of course, we failed because we both liked food. Um, and doing this type of restrictive diet where you could only choose from like maybe like six or seven foods to eat from was tough um, mentally, especially for like I was 11, right? I was 11, but I was so hyper fixated on my body. And, I, and why I was so hyper fixated on my body was probably because. You know, society likes to sexualize girls from a young age. Unfortunately, I was not immune to that. And, you know, I was a child model. Um, I was always getting dress coded at school, which God, that's another whole conversation entirely. Like, I'm sorry, but like, if you're looking that closely at young girls in school to dress code them, you're looking too fucking close. So back the fuck off. Um, and, you know, people in my family would always say, like, oh, you're such a little hoochie mama. And I can't believe you wear shorts that short. Now, for me, I was tall, I was all leg. And so, shorts in general, Looked shorter on me than they did on like any of my cousins who were like six or seven inches shorter than me and they were the same things. So, of course, you know, I was just, I was always hyper aware of my body, my body shape, my body size, and society's perception of my body. And so, between the ages of 11, And even all through high school, I mean, I went on multiple diets in an attempt to manage my body weight and control my calories. And then I joined a gym and then, um, I, you know, tried to lose body fat there. And I actually ended up really enjoying lifting weights. And that was kind of my first taste lifting weights in the gym. Um, when I was a teenager, um, my parents did get us a home gym when I was 13, like that I worked out on. But again, in an attempt to control my body size, because I didn't think that I was, in shape. And I thought that I was out of shape and that I needed to look a certain way when genetically my body just stored fat in certain ways. And I was, you know, I was at a situation where like, I could have maybe added some muscle and I could have gotten stronger, but I was doing all of this for the wrong reasons. And so from a very, very young age, inundated with this diet culture of needing to look a certain way in order to be accepted, in order for it to be appropriate, in order for it to be acceptable. And this constant need to adhere to this vision that diet culture imposed continued even when I hit college. And now it was fitness culture, you know, in the early 2010s, you know, it was like bodybuilding.com and fitness models and, you know, go be a bikini competitor and, um, you know, you, but you need to be lean, but not too lean and you need to lift weights, but don't lift too heavy and constantly chasing this need again to control my body size and the way that I looked. And this is probably a story that a lot of people relate to. This is a story that a lot of people can tap into and see pieces of themselves within of this constant need to control their body size, their body weight, the shape of their body, where they store fat, how they store fat, how they gain muscle. And all of these behaviors, even in fitness culture, right? This fitness culture of like the 2010s were extremely disordered and contributed to a lot of individuals, me included, having a lot of issues with their hormone health and their digestive health, okay? So we have to talk about metabolism here for a second because your metabolism or the rate at which you burn calories, um, it changes, (laughs) It, it, it adapts. Our bodies are so, so smart. So what ends up happening is if we eat less food, our metabolism starts to move slower because our bodies are wanting to preserve at all costs certain hormonal functions within our body in order to preserve those functions specifically reproductive health is the, first, is the thing that they want to preserve at the root of everything um, they start to compensate so they slow down your metabolism they cause your adrenals to work a little harder they cause your thyroid to work a little harder And then if we continue to push our bodies in this state where it's negatively adapted, um, we end up dealing with these situations where now we come off this quote unquote diet that we're on in, in an attempt to control our body size it, for, for whatever reason, maybe we lost the amount of weight that we wanted to lose or we just were losing our fucking minds and wanted to eat a damn cheeseburger. Um, and then we gained the weight back. And then we go, oh no, the scale went up or I gained five pounds and I need to diet again. But here's the problem. Your metabolism is already adapted and you have nowhere to pull calories from. You can only pull calories so far before you have to eventually recover that metabolic rate. And a metabolism, you could think of it almost like fire. If you stoke the fire, if you feed the fire, it's gonna burn hotter. Your metabolism is the same way. And so society and marketing and the wellness industry and the diet industry have always highlighted this transformation from from you know less lean to more lean, from bigger to smaller. And that's 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 still even now so, so, so celebrated that that's the transformation that a lot of people seek. Now, again, there is absolutely nothing wrong with wanting to change your body, but we we need to be more intentional and smarter and compassionate with how we ask our bodies to change, right? Because chances are this quote unquote dream physique that we have in our minds might not be something that's realistically attainable because of the way we are formed, like even just bone structure fat storage patterns, things like that, that are maybe not gonna be able to be addressed through your typical fat loss phase so what ends up happening then you know and then this whole big thing happened to us again in the early 2010s of like macros and then you know we get into the reverse dieting maybe five or six years later where this reverse dieting or essential metabolic recovery where you slowly start to increase food and like decrease activity in order to allow your metabolism and your metabolic rate to come back up and to recover from being in a calorie deficit right and even that's really difficult you know to do mentally because people are afraid to eat more food because we've been conditioned that less food is better. <laughs> but it, it, it's something that I really support my clients with because you know, they're scared to eat more food and it's almost like they, they come to me because they want this permission to know like, no, it's okay for you to do this. And even in some situations, somebody does start eating more food and they do gain a little bit of weight and it, and they, they, they freak out understandably because we've been taught to see the scale going up as a negative thing. Um, they freak out and it's like, listen, if you gain the weight during this period, it's because your body needed to gain this weight in order to recover its hormone and metabolic functions. And you have to let it do what it needs to do because you've been so tightly controlling it for so long that it's going to have a negative impact if you don't allow it to gain this weight back. And typically people will gain anywhere from like five to 10, sometimes 12 to 15 pounds, just depending on how severe the adaptations are. Um, but then they have to maintain, kind of that like weight gain for a little while. The other thing that sometimes happens when you start a reverse diet is people do see the scale go up maybe like a little bit just because now they have more nutrients and fluids that can be stored within like the muscles. Like I see this a lot of times with people who are very active with weightlifting, they will start to eat a little bit more food. Um, and then they will, you know, all of a sudden gain weight, they're still lifting, but that's because they now have more glycogen and fluid that it's stored into the cells and within their muscles. Um, and so that weight gain isn't like a fat gain. It's just like, there's literally more nutrients and fluids being stored within your body. Like that's all it is. Um, it has nothing to do with like how much fat you gained like over the last like three to four weeks. You know what I mean? But what ends up happening is when we start this journey of even recovering our metabolic health or our hormone health, is that we see the scale sometimes go up. And that happens usually more often than not very rarely will I see people like lose weight when we start to eat more food and people don't want to hear that. They want to be able to lose the weight. They want to see the number on the scale go down, but because of diet culture and fitness culture. Okay. We're going to get into fitness culture in a second. We have conditioned ourselves to think of this recovery and this healing process as a struggle, as a bad thing. And it, it, it takes undoing a lot of the stories that we've told ourselves. Now, let's talk about fitness culture. <laughs> and this is the one that's gonna make a lot of people mad. Because I see so many things, even online, even now that are popular, that are not conducive to people maintaining their metabolic, hormone, or digestive health over the long term. Um, and this is doing things like constantly doing high intensity workouts, right? High intensity workouts in and of themselves aren't bad. I was actually talking with somebody at cycle bar today. Cause I go to cycle bar once a week and I was like, yeah, I said, you know, I, you know, I, I told, I was telling somebody that I was going to spin and they're like, you go to spin, you hate high intensity workouts. I'm like, no, I don't hate high intensity workouts. I hate how they've been marketed as this sort of like fat loss magic bullet, quote unquote. Um, and that people go so hard in them. That they don't, if you go too hard too long, you end up having negative adaptations. Your hormones down-regulate and you start to feel worse. You start to see negative biofeedback in the form of fatigue, in the form of brain fog, in the form of digestive health issues. You start to see this just like constant like down-regulation of all the things that you thought you were recovering. And what's frustrating is that you're doing something that you were told was right. That was healthy. And this is where I get into also people doing these low calorie diets, or they quote unquote, clean up their diet. And they're been told that this is healthy, but these behaviors end up putting them in a situation where again, their body negatively adapts, their metabolism decreases, their thyroid function decreases, their cortisol skyrockets, then their sex hormones downregulate. Now they're an anxious mess right? And they're not seeing the results that they thought they were going to see. Plus they feel puffy and inflamed because they're retaining water because of their hormones being out of whack, usually with their adrenals, you know, in that situation, adrenals is one of the first things to adapt when you put the body under too much stress. Um, and once that sort of has an adaptation go on for too long, that's what starts to like, that hits the thyroid, that hits the sex hormones and it's a domino effect. Right. Um, and so these things that are healthy, even somebody who's like, Oh, I'm going to go lift really heavy five days a week. And this kind of happened to me too. When I got into that side of fitness where I was going to the gym five days a week and trying to lift heavy and push myself every single time. And all we do is promote this like no pain, no gain, go harder, go home mentality. That's when people get injured. That's when people aren't recovering correctly. That's when people again are causing more damage that they, then they can recover from because on top of that, they're also micromanaging their nutrient intake because they wanna see the results from that, that gym workout. And, and then again, it's the same story. Your adrenals try to adapt so that way you can continue putting your body under the stress, you know, that goes on too long and then your thyroid starts to downregulate so your metabolism slows down so you have to do more workouts, you have to do more cardio, you have to eat less food. And then eventually that stops working and then the scale stops moving. And you don't take the time to do the recovery necessary. But if you had approached things with a more moderate approach to begin with, you probably would have been okay. But that doesn't get those like 90-day transformation results that people love to see. If you go through my Instagram, you very rarely will see me post like a side-by-side transformation of a client's physique. Most of the time, because we're not looking for this like crazy physique change. Now, a lot of my clients will come to me and they will say, I do want to add muscle. I do want to lose weight and I've tried it before, but I can't. It's like, okay, we can do this, but we have to recover your health first before we can pursue this. And then when we pursue this weight loss or fat loss, we're going to do it in a way that's smarter than you've ever done it before. So that way you can keep the results. Right. So I have a, I have a client example for you. So I'm going to talk about one of my longtime clients, Callie and her, and I started working together like back in, I want to say like November or December of 2022. And she came to me because she was having like hella gut issues was super like just bloated, very puffy, lots of water retention. Um, and so what we did with her, we went through this whole, it was probably like a solid, like three, four months of just like recovering her basic health. (laughs) We didn't put her in a calorie deficit. We didn't have her doing crazy workouts. She's a nurse. She already was doing CrossFit. And over the first four months, she maybe lost like, I don't know, maybe like three or four pounds, like tops, like we weren't pursuing fat loss, but she was losing a lot of inflammation and her digestion was improving. So she was able to eat a little bit more food. She was able to drop some of the inflammation, right? Her body was storing more nutrients and it was recovering better from the workouts that she was doing. And then she was like, I want to now pursue fat loss. I was like, okay, bet, let's do this. And we were able to put her in a calorie deficit all the way up until she went on this like big ass trip in the summertime. And we immediately bumped her calories back up to like almost exactly where we were before we even started dieting or in a calorie deficit specifically when I refer to this as a calorie deficit right even though a diet is technically just like the food that you consume throughout the day whether it's a calorie deficit or not um but before we put her into this fat loss phase she was at I want to say like 1,800 plus calories a day, which is kind of like where she wanted to be. She didn't really want to try to like push more food. So I was like, we don't have to, because like, there's no reason to push food just for the sake of pushing food. Like there really isn't, um, you know, a lot of people are like, Oh, I can eat 2,400 calories a day. I'm like, cool. Yeah. I used to do that. And I used to be miserable. Like there's no reason for me to need to do that. Like, I don't, I have no desire to ever do that again. Like kit me about like 2,000, 2,100 calories a day. And I'm like, I'm golden. But anyway, back to Kelly. So we ended up dieting her in a calorie deficit. She lost, I want to say, she went from like 159 to like 152. So she lost seven pounds um, over the course of, I want to say, like two and a half months, which is a really healthy rate of fat loss. And then as soon as she went on vacation, uh, we bumped her calories back up. And she went on this like 10-day long vacation to London Had lots of beer, lots of meals out, came back, and her scale weight had gone up like one pound. She was like at 153.4. And since then, she's just maintained that weight. And that's now it's August, it's June. She's just been able to eat and maintain that weight while she's been going through some other things in her personal life. And now, and, and, and she's had, she hasn't regained any of that weight back. And, and that's what I'm talking about is like, she wasn't able to lose the fat on her body that she wanted to lose. She wanted to be more lean. She wanted to be um, more toned or having that muscle underneath the fat really show through in her physique. But she had horrible digestion. Her hormones were goofy and she had just a lot of like water retention and like inflammation. We addressed that, then put her in a calorie deficit, but not for so long that her body again adapted to the point where when she started eating more food, she was going to gain all the weight back. She maintained the fat loss because we were able to just do things the right way. Now we're going into another fat loss phase, right? She's just been maintaining, she's been maintaining. We had her one-on-one call this week and she's like, I'm ready to push again. I'm like, okay, let's do this. So same thing we're gonna do is we're going to drop her calories down. She's gonna continue training. She's got kind of a goofy work schedule, but we're working around it and structuring her workout goals around her work schedule. She's a nurse. Um, nurses have like goofy shifts and they're long and they can be really stressful and it can sometimes impact how and when an individual can eat. Right. Um, and we're going to go into another fat loss phase and then we're going to continue for, you know, anywhere from like up to like 10 to 12 weeks and then bring her calories back up. So that way we're not, pushing her body to the point where it's going to gain all that weight back when she starts eating more food. Because let's be real. You can't like thoroughly enjoy and live life eating like 13, 14, 1500 calories a day. (laughs) Like it's just really, really difficult. Like that's going to mean like no meals out. You're going to be eating, you know, just, you know, vegetables at every single meal instead of like actually being able to eat things like rice and pasta, have a beer, have a wine, you know, that doesn't allow you to fit for pastries while you're also still trying to get adequate protein in. Right. And so this is where this like diet culture and fitness culture and sort of hormone metabolic and digestive health kind of, have this collision course where it's like a lot of the things that we've been taught and told to praise within diet culture, within fitness culture, going hard, going home, being able to lose fat, being having these crazy physical transformations are directly opposing to the things that we need to do in order to maintain just basic health and bodily And it's like, how did the fitness in the health industry get so far off fucking track that there are people out there that are just constantly promoting and pushing this super intense lifestyle? As the one acceptable option that's gonna change your life and solve all your problems. When really the answer lies somewhere in between, right? There are seasons to push. I'm not gonna argue with that. There are seasons to be a little more aware, there are seasons to be a little bit more restrained with your choices, right? I am myself currently in a calorie deficit. I haven't really been in one consistently. I, I've attempted a couple times, but then I'm just like, I don't wanna do this. Because there's not really been a reason for me to, but now I am because I want to be. Because like I said, you are allowed to want to change your body, but I'm in a much better mindset than I was the last time I attempted this. Okay. So in a calorie deficit, and I know that if I want to meet the goals that I have for myself, I have to be mindful of certain foods that I normally would eat that I cannot maintain with my calorie deficit. So if I wanna go to my favorite coffee shop and have a pastry, I have to make sure that I'm balancing that in with the rest of my foods during the day. And if I do have that pastry, that means that I'm probably not gonna be able to do like rice or pasta or potatoes with my dinner. I'm gonna have to probably do an even lunch. I'm probably gonna have to do like just a vegetable. You know what I mean? Like I have to be cognizant of those choices and how I balance that nutrient intake. And that's okay. There's not a bad thing. But I'm not going to glorify these hacks, quote unquote hacks, for how I eat a low carb day. You know, reduce your carbs in this meal by doing this. Like, let's stop glorifying these behaviors that are meant to be sort of these short burst intentional things to put into our lives to help us meet our goals. And let's just accept them for what they are. They're meant to be like short-term efforts, right? I just recently increased my step goal, my daily step count to 11,000 steps a day. And that's going to mean that I now need to fit into my day at least another 30 minutes of just walking because as a coach, I sit on my ass at a computer most of the day. Like that's just the way that this. That's the what. That's what. That's what happens when you own your own business. You just like end up sitting on your butt at a computer most of the day. So and and but but I I but that's okay, right? I'm gonna maybe say no to sitting on the couch in the morning and reading and watching YouTube and instead just wake up and get on my walking pad for 30 or 40 minutes in the morning. And I have to make sure that I'm waking up early enough that I can fit it into my day, which means I might have to say no to certain things during the week in order to make those adjustments. And that's okay. But let's also normalize that sometimes these efforts are meant to be short term, little bursts of intention in order to help us move the needle, but not done for so long that it causes a situation where when we pull back on these behaviors or back on these intentional choices to a more balanced way of living, okay, that we have a negative reaction to it. And then we undo all of the hard work that we did. So there has to be a crossroads where diet culture and fitness culture and metabolic hormone and digestive health meet. And that's really kind of like my life's work, right? It is to help people find this middle ground. And it's not usually as fun or sexy or as transformative as people, as other people's maybe experiences are, but we're taking a much more moderate and stable approach. So that way, People don't end up having these negative health impacts like low functioning thyroid, like low sex drive, like elevated cortisol, right? That caused the problems in the first place. (laughs) So we have to be mindful when we're intaking media from influencers online, from pieces of diet culture, from pieces of fitness culture. And we have to make sure that we're putting it into the correct context to see, is this really something that is an appropriate decision for me or am I just like going along for the ride because I don't know how to fit these things intentionally into my life in order to meet my goals. And if that's the case, maybe it's time for you to hire a coach. Take the guesswork out of it. Let somebody else figure out what the appropriate strategy is going to be for you. So anyway, that's just sort of my word vomit, hot take opinions on that intersection between like diet culture and hormone health. Um, Hopefully you took away a nugget or two and just maybe will cause you to sort of stop process and think before you'd set your next crazy goal for your physical health. And you can maybe check yourself before you wreck yourself. All right, you guys, thanks for tuning in. I'll catch you next time.